Glory to God. Everybody glad to be here today? It's a great day to be connected and be in the house and be on the receiving end of all that God has for us today. Amen. I've, I've just really enjoyed sharing um, this word. The, today's the third Sunday series entitled Resurrected. And um, I've just really enjoyed sharing several things here that really I feel like have to do with personal experience and things that I've walked through myself and and, um, and leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Um, if, you, if you didn't hear the two previous messages, it'd be good for you to go to the website, go to Gates of the City, to the podcast and, and download those uh, messages or just listen to them. They're free, um, but they're the last two Sundays. It'd be good for you to, to listen to them because there's some things that we shared in that that I think are really, really important just about life. And um, a couple of different times in my life, and one happened um, the night that uh, my my stepmom passed the night the night before I spent the night with her before the night before she passed and and um, and God spoke something really clear to me that He had spoken to me a number of years before and I wasn't getting it like I got it that night and since then and um, you know. God's promised us, we've been, in the last two weeks, we've been talking about the, the fear of death. Um, it's what Jesus came to deliver all of humanity from was the fear of death. When, when we think of, of death, we think of ceasing to exist, and that's not really what that word means. I mean, it does in, in one sense. But in, in the real literal biblical sense, that's really not what it means. Because you will never cease to exist. Amen. The real you. See, because everybody take your hand out like this and look at it and kind of flicker your fingers and say, this is not me. This is not you. This, this is what you live in to exist on planet earth. But this is not you. We were created, we were created in the image of God Almighty, and God is spirit, and if you were created in the image of God, which you were, not if you were, you were, I'm telling you right now, you were, all, everybody was created in the image of God. If you're created in the image of God, then you were created first and foremost, spirit. So you are a spirit, you have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. And uh, God has promised you and I on this planet a long and a prosperous and a full life to live to a place of overflow until we're done, until you're done. Yes, until each and every one of you are done in this life. He's promised us that. So the longer that you live, 
a full life, the more funerals you'll go to. And you can't be afraid of funerals. You can't be afraid of people passing on. You cannot be afraid of what the world calls death, number one. And then what we're going to talk about today, the literal sense of death. Jesus died a death that you and I would never die. He died a death so that you and I could live forever. He died a death so that you and I could live with God forever. Amen? He did something in reconciling mankind, and that's what this day represents. Listen, this is what, today is what Christianity is all about all year long. Amen? Not one day, but all year. Right? All year long. Huh? He's alive, and you and I are alive. And today, I want... I want to share with you just a piece of an experience of something that happened to me that has literally transformed my whole thinking. I've never shared this before. I've never gone into detail of this. I've shared little bits and pieces of it in the last two Sundays. But I've never shared what I'm going to share with you today because there was never the right time. It wasn't right. You can't just throw things out there that aren't ready to be preached and and to be spoken. What I'm going to say to you is not in the natural all that necessarily impacting to every single person, but it's life-changing if you grab a hold of it and you'll never be the same ever, ever, and ever, and again. Ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and again. Amen? So, I'm going to I'm going to read a number of passages. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians 15. That's where we've been in this series. 1 Corinthians 15. And uh, how many believe there's a blessing on the reading of the Word? There's a blessing. Listen, there's a blessing when you read the Word, but there's a blessing on the corporate reading of the Word as we all hear it together, and agree on it together. Verse 1, Moreover, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas and then by 12, that's 13. And after that he was seen by over 500, so that's that's somewhere in the neighborhood of 513 all at once. Of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that... He was seen by James, that's 514, then by all the apostles, and so however many that was, because it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the 12 disciples as the apostles, there were many apostles, so there's a bunch of them, so we're pressing 600 plus. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Everybody say that with me. I am 
what I am because of the grace of God. Say it again. I am what I am because of the grace of God. Not anything else. You are what you are. You are what you are and who you are because of the grace of God. Now, some 600 and some odd people testified to the fact that he was risen. Some 600 plus people just right at the beginning testified of the fact that he truly was risen. Verse 12. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. So, in essence, what he's saying here, if he's not risen from the dead, then there's no reason for you to be sitting here today. There's no reason for us to celebrate. There's no reason for any of those things. There's no, you know, everything that we say we believe, and he said that in the next few verses of Scripture, everything that we say, that we preach, that we do, is to no avail if he's not risen from the dead. If he's not risen from the dead, everything's a wash. And you and I are in this world without hope and without expectation, and our destiny is hell. Amen. Verse 20. Let's, let's read the first word. Everybody say it together. Ready? Read. But. <laughs> now is, now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He is risen from the dead. When? Right now. Right now, Christ is alive and he's risen. If he's not risen, it's worthless. But that's not the case. He is risen and everything he's promised in his word is available to you and I. Everything. Everything that he promised in his word is available to you and I. He is risen from the dead. He is, he is, he is. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He, he himself, Jesus. He took on flesh and blood. That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This passage, and I'll read a few more in a moment, says... That the reason, First uh, John 3, 8 says, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And the work, the work that translates out to many works of the devil is the fear of death. And he delivered those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He liberated you and I. Is Christ risen from the dead? No, no, no. Is he? When? 
now. He's raised from the dead. He's alive and he's well. And what he delivered you and I from is the fear of dying. Now, when you look at this word in Hebrews 2, when you look at it and you define it in just in what I consider the literal Greek, it's not the extreme literal, but it's pretty close. But what I consider defining this word death here is not what we talked about earlier about ceasing to exist, but it has to do with a separation. And what Jesus did is he liberated you and I and he set us free from being separated from God. So when a person gets born again, their spirit and the Holy Spirit become one. That's what Jesus paid for at Calvary, that you and I would be liberated and be one with God. We come together and be one with God. And the moment that you and I became one with God, we're, no, we're, we're not separated anymore, but yet the issue is we're a three-part being and we have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions that constantly wants to work overtime trying to tell us, the enemy works through our soul trying to tell us that we're separated from God and God can't do what he said he could do. I'm telling you today, God not only can do, he's already done everything. And you and I have to position ourselves on the receiving end of that, right? He's already done it all. He's done everything for you and I. But the enemy's working overtime to convince you that you're separated from him and that you're living in this life and he can't get to you and the natural circumstances that seem like they're overwhelming you and overtaking you, that God's not big enough to handle those situations. I'm telling you today that that is a spirit entitled the spirit of death. The spirit of the fear of death. I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. It's, it's a demonic spirit, and it is the fear of death or separation from God that God cannot do what he said he would do. And I'm telling you today that it's a lie. If, if you're standing on the top of the Empire State Building, and you're looking over the edge, and fear grips you, it's not necessarily the fear of being on the top of the building but it's the fear of falling and dying. It's the fear of death. Um, I've known people that have never flown in an airplane in their life and they're afraid of flying. And really they're not afraid of flying, they're afraid of crashing and dying. In other words, and, and if, you're, if you've got an issue or a phobia about something like that, whatever. You, God wants you to work through that because he liberated you from that. But, but my point is, th those, are some, those are some situations that are evident, but there are deep-seated things in our heart that are tied and attached to the fear of death that have to do with being separated from people separated from situations, being afraid of failing in life. The, the, the fear of man or the fear of failure is attached to the fear of death. All of this is what Jesus liberated us from. I'm going to read these two verses again, or verse 15. He released those who through 
fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Whatever's got you locked up in your soul, I don't care what it is, what it is attached to is the fear of death. Whatever has you locked, Jesus Christ has already liberated you. What you and I have to work out, the Bible says that we're born again spiritually one time. When you accepted Jesus as Savior, you're not going to lose your salvation. I mean, I've never met a person that didn't have struggles, but I've never met a person that got born again and said, nah, I'm turning it back in. I'm turning my card in. I don't want born again. Never met anybody like that. I've met people that struggled, that didn't have any teaching and, and didn't have the time to develop on the inside of them. I've never met anybody that turned in their born-again card. Amen. I never met anybody. I mean, I, you, 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 know, you, you can't just make a confession and be born again. You have to make a confession as a result of believing in your heart. What I question is, at times, whether people really believed or not. But... but but I'm, I'm telling you today that this born-again life one, spiritually is one thing, but the salvation, day-to-day -day developing and renewing of the mind is a salvation of your soul. And if that soul is not developed, I'm, I'm talking about not just daily, but I'm talking about minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, huh? In a 24-hour period, you take a vacation from renewing your mind and the enemy will come in from the side and hammer you with something trying to separate you from God, getting you to believe that God can't do what he said he would do. Amen. I'm telling you today, God can not only do, but he's already done everything that his word says that he has done. You and I are free, as it has been said in everything that we've sung today. I am what I am only by the grace of God, not by how perfect I've done everything in life. Mistakes want to riddle and rule people's lives trying to convince them that their mistakes have separated them from God. Huh? That, that, that's, nor, that, 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 that's so false and, it, and it's so ruled by fear and the, the fear of death and separation. It's so riddled and ruled by the fear of, of being accepted by people. When I was in my, my stepmom's room as I stayed the last night with her before she passed, she wanted somebody to stay and my sister was there and she was wore out and I said, no, I'll stay with her. I was in that room that night, and uh, she, she would talk to me all night. And, you know, she had had a breathing machine down her throat, and she was, you know, really raw in her throat, and she wanted some, she wanted some sorbet. And the nurse kept saying, no, no, you, you, you don't need the sorbet. So she looked at me, and she said, she called me Bertie. Bertie? Get me some of that sorbet. And I thought, I'm getting her some sorbet. So I walked down the hall and I found me a little cup of sorbet. And I fed it to her that night. And then she wanted another cup. And I found another cup. And I fed it to her. And she wanted a third. And I found another cup. 
and I fed it to her that night. And as I was feeding her that night, I knew in my spirit she was done. I knew. I knew from the way that she looked, you know, the doctors were trying to talk. I didn't say anything out of my mouth because what matters in a given moment in time is what other people think themselves. See, I can't override what other people think, and I knew she was done. I knew it in my spirit. And later that morning, I had to leave, and <clears throat> I was about halfway home. I'd driven, my, my, my dad lives in about eight hours away in New Mexico, and I was about halfway home, and I got home, and I got a call that she had taken a dive, and she was in, been moved to hospice, and, and she, was, she was done. About four hours later, she passed, and I, I, I didn't go back. But I was sitting on the side of the road, just on the other side of Van Horn, Texas, and just thinking about that situation. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, you know she's not there. You know she's gone. That's not her. Everybody lift your hand up like this. This is not me. Amen? This is not me. I, I'm, I'm here, 1 Corinthians 15, all what we've talked about in the last couple weeks, talk about that, that the corruptible's got to take on the incorruptible. There, there's, we're we're going to go from this body to another body, okay? But you will never cease to exist. She wasn't there. And, and I, I remember feeling tormented about it. And the Holy Spirit said to me that, night, that, that day as I was sitting on the side of the road, You know where she's at. You know she was born again. You know she's in heaven now. So why would you be tormented? You know why? Because of the fear of death. Because of the fear of a passing, of a going, of going somewhere else. Jesus died... So that you and I would be free from the fear of death. So that in this life, we could live in the fullness. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, you will never live life until you're liberated from the fear of death. You'll never live life. You'll never live in the fullness to your liberated from that fear of, the, of that unknown thing that, okay, like, well, I've, I've heard stories of this and I've heard stories of that and I'm just not sure. No, right here is the surety of what life is all about. God created you and I to live a full life right now. Full life. But I'm telling you, we don't have to be afraid or controlled, or ruled, or riddled in our soul of any situation. Anything that's controlling your mind that is contrary to this is tied to the fear of death. Tied to the fear of the separation from God, trying to convince you that God cannot do what God said He would do. And I'm telling you, He can do everything and even more than we can even ask or think or even imagine. He can do that much more. Can 
situations or circumstances in your life change from where they're at today. So, to be focused and to stay focused on what's not working and trying to work that out in my mind will defeat me every time. Because all it will lead me to is the fear that God really can't do what God said he would do. And you know what the scripture says? Let God be true and every man and every devil be a liar. Every thought that you have that goes contrary to this word is a lie and I can believe the exact opposite of every lie. That day on the side of the road, I declared I would never be afraid of death ever again. I declared that, and actually, I, 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 I have more life. I, I don't have more life, but I have more life operating on the inside of me because death doesn't control me. Fear doesn't control me. See, and it's not just the fear of leaving here. That's just a piece of it. It's the fear that anything in life can control you and keep you from believing the Word of God. Someone tells you that you, you have an idea in life and somebody tells you you can't do that. Oh my gosh, I, they told me you know nobody's ever done that before. I, there's no way I could ever do that. It's fear of death. It's the fear of death. It's the fear that God, God cannot do that. And, and what happens is... What we'll do is we'll ride the wave of I can't do it until it doesn't work. Amen. Instead of while you're riding the wave of faith and confidence in God and something comes to knock you off your board, just fall down on it. If it takes you under the wave, come back up, get back on it, and ride the wave. Because there's going to always be things that want to knock you off your board of faith and your confidence that God is true to what he said. But just get back up. Just get back up. Just get back up. Watch this. You're going to really like the reading of this passage right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> And verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Verse 10. Always. How often? Always. How often is always? Always. always. There's no other time in between. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in your body. Always caring about what Jesus did for you. I wrote this down. Um, in life, death brings resurrection. Death brings resurrection. To be resurrected 
is to live in the anointing. To be resurrected is to live in the anointing. Hold your place right there and look at Philippians 1. Philippians 1 and verse 21. Look at it together. For to me, to live is what? Which is the anointing. And to die is sorrow. Oh. So to die is gain. Right? To live is to live in the anointing. Now listen to me. So death brings about resurrection. So when I die to myself and things within myself, when I learn to die to the control and not give place to the control that the fear of death wants to have in different areas of my life, then what does that do? That, that causes the anointing to arise in me. So to die is to gain because I can live this life in the fullness of the anointing. I'm going to say it again. So to die is gain. It's not loss. In, in, across the board, leaving this body to Dying to the the fear that something's not going to happen, to dying to, you know, selfishness in your attitude and actions toward others, dying to, you know, a a way of thinking that you're standing on the top of a tall building. You know what? I'm overcoming the fear of heights because it's tied to the fear of death. I worked... One job with a roofer. My extent was 14 days tearing off triple layers of cedar shingles, redoing the two-befores in the roof, and then putting a new roof on. And that was it. That was enough. Every roofer needs to be paid triple what they get. Amen? And I had real difficulty because I had to deal with the fear of heights. And uh, that 14 days delivered me of heights. I made myself do it. First day I thought, you know what? I can't do this. That's what I thought. I didn't say it, but I thought it. And I thought, you know what? We got to overcome this deal. And I got up there, and I got up there, and, and you know... I mean, some guys, they just, I mean, they walk across two-by-fours, you know, with the house and everything in the bottom like there's a whole, it's a whole roof. They're just walking by, okay, ready, you got this? And I'm going, yeah, you know, I'm a, I, got, I got it, you know. But I did this, and, and in faith, I overcame the thing. I'm not going to be moved by that. So when I stood, the first time I stood at the edge after that, I stood at the edge of the little railing I mean you're not going to go anywhere on the at the Empire State Building because this big thing that comes out like this and I stood at the edge and I looked over I wasn't afraid because I overcame you know why I'm not falling I'm not going to fall I'm not dying I'm liberated from that you know you can people I know people that get so hung up and well you know pastor you got to die sometime but that's the wrong way to look at it. Let's don't, let's don't 
be concerned about dying. Let's, let's be concerned about living in the anointing in this life. See, because when you die, when, you will, when you're willing to die to those type of fears or whatever that they are, the fear of man or the fear of failure or the fear of intimidation. Anybody ever been intimidated? Don't raise your hand. You ever been intimidated by other people or a certain group of people or maybe they, you know, these people aren't where you came from and so you're intimidated by those people and, and they're better than you or, or, or whatever it would be. It's tied to the fear of death. See, you're God's favorite. You're the anointed of God. You're, you're empowered by God's strength. And when you die to that stuff, it causes you to live in the resurrection. And the resurrection empowered you and I to live in the anointing and empowered by the anointing of God to accomplish all that we were created to accomplish. Amen. That's what we're here to do. Paul said in his letter there in to, to the church at Philippi, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Amen. And you will never live in the anointing until you liberate yourself from the fear of death. Ever. Ever. You will not. I know. And that day, it got me thinking when God asked me that about my, about my stepmom. Where is she? Well, she's not there. She's not in that body. She's not anywhere around there. She's, she's in a different location. She's where God already prepared for her to show up and come. God's already prepared all of us for different bodies, for resurrected, glorified bodies. And it was prepared for us the day that Jesus died. When he died and he went to hell, as my wife said earlier, and he was resurrected and ascended upon high and he declared that it's finished, then it's finished. And no more shall death rule and reign over us. No more. Everybody say, no more. No more. I'm liberated. liberated. Amen. Because of what Jesus did, you and I are liberated and free. We don't have to, we don't have to give in to it and we don't have to tolerate it and we don't have to put up with it. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Luke 23. And then I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and I'll end with this. Luke 23. And when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, this is Jesus on the cross. He cried out with a loud voice and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Not his body, not his soul, his spirit. Having said this, what happened? He breathed his last breath. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last. And at that moment, at that moment, what had held you and I and all of humanity in bondage 
was done away with. And the way he died empowered you and I to live the way we have a right to live today. Free from fear of every kind, free from the fear of death, and free from any type of torment that the world would offer. You know what? Today, we live in a society, in a world, where there's all kinds of things going on. There's all kinds of speculation about the future of the world. I'm telling you what, you're in my future is life. It's resurrected life. It's not just any type of life. It's resurrected life. That's you and my future. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is our destiny. Absence, being absent from this body right here is in the presence of the Lord. But right now, you and I are in the presence of the Lord because of what Jesus has done. You and I have a connection with God through Jesus Christ that empowers and enables us not to have to live life trying to figure things out on our own. We've been liberated and free. And today, whom the sun sets free is free. Amen? It's like the little shirt back there says, freedom. We are free and we are free indeed. Liberated and set free from all that God intended for us to be free of. Amen? There's not anything that wasn't included. I've been set free of everything. And nothing, there's not anything that's not included in the name of Jesus. We've been liberated and free. Amen? Back to 1 Corinthians 15. Before we go there, uh, go back to uh, Philippians. I want to read this real quick. Philippians 2 and verse 5. He said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And that's the name that you and I, you and I have the right to use every single day. Amen? The name of Jesus that is above every name. Somebody throw a name of something out there. Give me a name of something. Texas. Name of Jesus is better than Texas. Somebody give me another name. Huh? Lack. Name of Jesus is above lack. Somebody give me another name. Cancer. Cancer. The name of Jesus is above the name of cancer. Somebody else. Death. Poverty. Divorce. I don't care what it is. The name of Jesus is above every single name. And you know why? You know why? Because he humbled himself. He humbled himself. And when you and I humble ourselves, and we allow death to come to ourselves internally over issues or things, then what happens is the resurrected life of God arises, and you position yourself on the receiving end of everything that God has. I'm telling you, with every death, there's a resurrection. With every death. 
there's a resurrection. You know what? Jesus didn't think it was robbery or wrong for him to consider himself equal to God. In equality with God right there. But he humbled himself. He didn't take his rights. He humbled himself. You know how many times you and I think we have a right to be right? But those that humble themselves and they die to themselves, that's where resurrected power comes from. Well, I've just never seen that work. Because you never died. Well, I've never seen things turn around like that because you never died. When you die, it produces resurrection because of our Savior. Can you say amen? Where did I tell you to go back to? Just making sure you were listening. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 53. And I'll end with this. Maybe. No, I won't. I got, I got, one, I got one verse after this and I'm done. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible is put on incorruptible, and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But verse 57 is where you and I are at today. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's where you've got to be focused. Every day, just allowing something like that to come out. Oh, Oh, thanks be to God who gives me the victory today through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you give me the victory every day, no matter what, no matter what it looks like. Because if you let your mind take a break from something like that, you let your mind get off of that and onto something else, then the enemy is going to separate you and separate you and separate you more. God can't do that. Well, you know, that's never been done before. You're talking about a miracle, and that's never, there's never, you've never seen a miracle happen. You've never seen things turn around and change or whatever. He, he wants to convince us that that's so. And Romans 8 and 13, and this is, this is, with that attitude, this is the stance that we take every day. For if we live according to the flesh, we have to die. But if by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh or the body, then we'll live. If I, by the Spirit, not if the Spirit does it, but if I, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh, the fears of the flesh, the fear of intimidation, the fear of failure, the fear of falling, the fear of this, the fear of dying of any form, in any form or fashion whatsoever, if I put to death the deeds of the flesh, then it says I'll live in the life of God. If I, by the Spirit. I'm going to say it again. If I, by the Spirit, not if the Spirit does it, not if I do it in myself, but if I, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh, it says I'll live in the life of God every day. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. He always causes me to overcome in every situation that I face. Glory to God.